0: Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. And there you are, Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, welcome, Bruce. I'm David Staples of the Journal, and that guy in your your, 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 you're you're very large in the screen. It's fine
1: though. I'm leaning forward to see around the camera to look at my screen. Hello.
0: Hello. So, Bruce, uh, this is our second go at the podcast tonight. I screwed up somehow with my sound system, so we're going to do the whole thing again. But we love talking Oilers so much that that's not a problem for you and I.
1: Well, we can talk. At least tonight we got something to talk about. Even though it was a loss in Vancouver, which is one of the worst possible results for Oilers fans. uh, The good news is that while Vancouver stole the game, they stole the zero points that went along with it. So. I would, I would rather be an Oilers fan watching my team, or the players wearing my team's crest, play well in that game than if I was a Vancouver fan, I would not be too happy with what I saw, win or no win. But I'm not a Vancouver fan, so I don't really have to worry about that. Now your sound's sounding a little muffled. Like, a, uh, are you too
0: close to your mic or something? All right.
1: I'm going to bring it in. I should be. Is that any better?
0: That's yeah. I think that's better. Was it a little yeah. far or something?
1: Yeah, I was leaning back from my chair a tiny bit.
0: This is the twenty-first century uh, technical world, Bruce. Where it's, it's all live, warts and all. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, Bruce, we're going to do our two. It was a four-two loss by the orders, but again, they were the they were the much. Their their young players really looked well, played well. Um, I think the orders had what three regulars in the lineup, three or four regulars in the lineup. Mainly Bakersfield players in the lineup. And um, they outplayed the Vancouver Canucks considerably. Lots of good signs. So, Bruce, we're going to do our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers
1: podcast.
0: Uh, What's your good thing?
1: My good thing is the general style of play by the Oilers. I love the energy level. Uh, I love the the quick short passes, of which there were many, many in this game, in all three zones. Uh, You know, they made a few short passes in their own zone, even in front of their net, like you noted last night that they were doing. Breaking up the middle. And great great puck support. Like the forwards are coming back and really helping out the the D-men on the breakouts. And the Dave Tippett approach, five in defense, five in attack. It's actually been on display, I think, these two nights. And I was, without a word of a lie, David, I thought at one point during the game I was thinking, You know, the Oilers may have actually completed more passes in this game than they did in any game last year. It was like like ticky-tack, you know, Barcelona football, with the short, short, but the high percentage stuff. And they were making most of them. And and this was, I mean, mostly this was the Bakersfield-Condors. I mean, there there was one forward out of the 12 who played the entire season in the NHL last year, Marcus Granman. The other 11 forwards all spent some time in the AHL and, of course, a couple of them were in lower leagues, like the guys graduating from junior, like Ryan McLeod. And then even on the back end, uh, there was just the one pairing of, of two NHL defenders, and the other four guys were uh, were uh, minor leaguers or juniors last year. And yet that team, with the system that they were playing, they, they dominated the puck in this game. You just need to
0: adjust your camera a little bit, because I'm losing the bottom half of your face there. Okay. There we go. Uh, yeah, Bruce, I agree with you. That it's um it's just two games into this season, and, and uh, <laughs> now we're gonna get demonetized. Um,
1: <laughs> it's just two it's games, <laughs> It is. Uh, um,
0: it's just two games into the season, uh-huh. and it's too early to say. But we're we are definitely seeing a different brand of hockey, different style of hockey, different philosophy. No more kind of, you know, slam it up the boards and then try to tip it at center oh. ice so it goes shooting. They, McClellan kind of fell in love with that, you know, that it, it was kind of a style that worked a little bit. And we had two real heavy hockey coaches. We had a heavy hockey GM and the orders were trying to play some heavy, heavy hockey. And man, the last two that, years just, it's it that
1: puck six feet away from the boards and pound away. Oh God, I was getting sick of it. And,
0: and um, you know, the, the question is, do the, the can these players adjust to this new style of passing hockey so far? So good. I mean, the young guys are, are certainly getting it. And uh, some, I thought Adam Larson um, was okay, but Darnell nurse, I thought was actually really good, really embraced it. And was moving, excuse me, moving the puck much more rapidly, uh, making quick passes than perhaps we've seen from him in the past. So, um yeah i i agree with your good thing and it it's a it's kind of an uh, and i don't know if ever we say this every season oh the new you know there's new stuff happening and it's all exciting and looks good but i just think this it's weird it's kind of do you find it kind of a little bit weird and disorienting but in a good way to yes. be watching this yes.
1: right now i i can't david i can't remember watching a game in the first week of the preseason where i was drawn into the to the quality of the hockey, like I was tonight. Like uh, I'm pretty, pretty jaded when it comes to preseason games. I've seen a lot of them, and uh, most of them are not particularly interesting, with little bits and st- starts about individual players' performances and so on. But in terms of the team performance, um, and sort of the team buying in and, and and playing balls out, that's how I thought they played tonight. I, w- I was very happy with the, with the. Uh, with the team effort, and you know, and then I can give you a list of individuals who I was also happy with. But I, I, it's just the showing of the Oilers team. I mean, everything but the win. And
0: as seems mentioned,
1: preseason, like, so who cares? Seems like like non-decade of darkness hockey is how yeah. it's
0: like. Like Oilers hockey yeah. from some other time, some other era, yeah. where everyone's really working and, and they actually have a chance to score. And they yeah. and all four lines have a chance to score. And mm-hmm. they're passing the puck around and they're making plays. It just makes my head hurt to think of the hockey we've seen yeah. the last <laughs> the last little while. Forever. So my good thing, Bruce, is um, just one other thing we we're seeing. I think is the depth of the organization, and you mentioned how many Bakersfield players were in this game. Mm-hmm. Corey Priman of the Athletic uh, rated the Oilers' farm system as the ninth overall farm system, and there was a couple players, uh, you know, from, from the top of his list in the game tonight, uh, Evan Bouchard. Um Dmitry Samarukov, um Tyler Benson, um were all on the <laughs> excuse me, all in the game, Cooper Marody, um, and these players are all knocking on the door, they all got real talent. So and, and it wasn't just them, you know. Um Cooper Marody, mm-hmm. uh Colby Cave, Cameron Hebig, mm-hmm. Patrick Russell. Patrick Russell was uh, Ethan Bear the- Bruce. That's the best I've seen, Ethan Bear. I don't know what he did this summer, but he was moving so uh, with such fluidity, and he's always been a fairly fluid player. But he just he he looked kind of chunky before, and now he just was moving very very well, passing the puck well. He's got a real chance to make this team. I you mm-hmm. know like if he keeps playing like that, good for Ethan Bear, um, Thomas Yurko. Uh, wow. one of the players they brought in was just flashing around, making nice plays with the puck. I was thinking, geez, how'd you like to see a line with just one game with Cooper Marody and Thomas Yurko on the wings and Ryan Nugent Hopkins at center. See how that line does. Or, uh, you know, Tyler Benson. A- and I was really glad because we saw you and I watched the playoffs last year. We saw Cooper Marody and Benson. We saw them play their a games, wow. And this is the first time in this preseason we've seen Benson and Marody play their a games. And, Cooper Rodie's a really talented player in a lot of ways. He can he can make plays with the puck, passes it really well. And I'm glad that we I'm glad that Dave Tippett saw that and and mm-hmm. you know people judging him saw that cuz I I like this player a lot. And mm-hmm. um, I think he can be an NHL he's he has a chance to be an NHL winger. And um, if he's on your third line might not hurt you. Might score some goals. Same with Yurko, so that was it's kind of fascinating to see this kind of level of competition we heard about how these players, Kippett was talking about how they're too friendly with each other, they need to compete, yeah. well, game on, they're competing now.
1: Yeah, well, the, I mean, the, the second Oilers goal uh, was a slick three-way passing play between Yurko to Marodi and a beautiful diagonal back pass to uh, uh, Patrick Russell in the slot and a very nice shot from Russell inside the far post. I mean, that was a major league goal, uh, that second one. And there was at least two other sequences where they made like four passes in a row in the offensive zone. One where the very last pass from Samurukov, Samurukov to uh, uh, Hebig, who had started the play in the corner. <laughs> and the puck went around in like a diamond shape and went right back to Hebig and was going to go in the net. And the Canuck 77 Goldobin made a diving desperation lunge to just barely tip the pass out of danger. Like that, that was a, a goal scoring-type play, and it was just foiled by a uh, you know, a hero defensive play. And then there was the other one where, uh, uh, good grief, I have no idea how um, uh, Ryan McLeod couldn't score. It was 2-1, and he was going to make it 3-1 off a great setup from uh, Evan Bouchard. Sure. And again, it was like a three- or four-way passing play in the last pass, and he was around the goalie, and he had the yawning 6-by-4 and somehow he managed to find the iron from point-blank range, and he he was pretty dismayed uh, with that result, but the play itself was textbook, and that was some in the offensive zone, and we saw more of those in the defense zone, just tic-tac-toe, short passes on passing, the tape. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. That was just fantastic to watch, that kind of passing, and uh, again, it ha- has been missing. The orders just last year, just so many players who have trouble passing, and few of them are gone and um, good riddance good riddance uh bruce so i'll i'll give you my bad thing here um, yeah. it was on the uh, one of the goals that uh, the tie the uh, tying goal i guess elias mm-hmm. peterson's tying goal oh
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. um shane starr left let out the biggest softest rebound on that and he had played a really solid game until then but he really muffed that one and he's going to be yeah. That's when when he's flying home and he's trying to sleep on the plane. He's gonna be, he's gonna wake up suddenly. It's like, oh geez, how did I? What happened there? And the other guy right beside him is gonna have a, a fellow nightmare as Evan Bouchard, who learned a real lesson, uh, I think, uh, which is if you're on on the ice with Elias Peterson, you keep your eye on that guy. You don't let him creep behind you. You don't. You, you know, you're on him. You're with him. You're aware of him. You're ready to pounce on him at any second because he will. He will do you in in a microsecond. And that's exactly what happened there on that goal. Bouchard just fell asleep briefly and boom, it was like a micro nap and yeah. bam, all again. Uh, good yeah, lesson not, for Evan Bouchard.
1: Not just L.S. Peterson, but lots of high quality NHL snipers. I mean, uh, defensemen yes. have to be on their toes because NHL snipers will make you pay, as Pedersen did on that play.
0: Bouchard and Samarukov, like they, they had a lot of really scintillating, mm-hmm. exciting plays. Samarukov's easily his best game, I mm-hmm. think, is in an older uniform. But man, they had <laughs> they had some howlers too. They were really up and down. And and so which speaks to me of probably two players who are going to be starting the year in Bakersfield, if I was to guess right now. Bruce, what was your bad thing?
1: Uh it was the goal right after that, and it was only about a minute later, and it was uh, from really three players who uh, uh, were regulars in Edmonton last year, uh, the Cave losing the draw and letting his man get away from him. But the uh, would-be shutdown defense pairing of Nurse and Larson were at sixes and sevens there. I mean, off a def- lost defensive zone face-off, the assignment should be pretty clear, and yet Nurse kind of drifted over to cover Larson's man on the right side of the crease, defensive right side. Larson drifted out into... No man's land, somewhere at the bottom of the face-off circle, not really covering anyone or the shoot, or at least the passing lane. I think he tried to block a shot, but it turned out not to be a shot, but a pass to the open stick on the side of the crease, and nobody touched the goal score, and it wound up kind of being a ridiculously easy goal. And sad thing that uh, uh, you know, one lost face-off on a the night they did pretty well in the circle, but uh, that one, uh, it was just a quick. Uh, uh, cadence of uh, of mistakes and bang. And that was turned out to be the deciding goal.
0: You know, when Yanni Pitkin was the Oilers, Bruce, I invented this term. It's for when a defenseman, is kind of on walkabout. He's wandering mm-hmm. around. He's mm-hmm. not covering anyone. Mm-hmm. But he's also not blocking the pass.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's not blocking any passing lane. And that's where Adam Larson was on that goal. He was in yeah. the red light zone. Um, yeah, that's a good name <laughs> so. for it. he 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 he, and he was he was in the red light zone a little too often last year as well yes so a lot um, a lot too often so Adam Larson, we're on to you
1: (laughs) And the word I was looking for was cascade of mistakes it was a cascade one went one guy got beaten and before you knew it they were all floundering a cabalcade of crapola
0: (laughs) yeah Colby Cave lost his man on the face off there I mean Mm -hmm. I don't
1: Just lost your mic, David. Right now? Yeah.
0: All right, we'll go without the uh, blue snow. So it completely cut out all of a sudden. Completely cut out. Wow. I think I might have to get a new mic. I think that's the issue. Oh, well. Such is life. Such is life in the big leagues, Bruce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the big leagues of broadcasting
1: well, we got this high tech uh, performance that we you know we have this high standard we have to live down to <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a miracle we're doing this podcast I mean we had to figure out a technical for I think for the third time whatever broadcast system we used didn't work anymore so we had to figure out a new one and here we are man we were like I'm on top of the world because we figured that out but anyway uh, time to get a new mic uh, what's your number
1: my number is eight. Two well, it's two numbers. Eighty-one to thirty-nine. These are the shot attempts. Uh, Edmonton had eighty-one shot attempts in this game, uh, thirty-seven of which were shots on goal to twenty-four. So, uh, not quite a two-to-one margin in shots, but uh, over two-to-one margin in attempts. Thirty-one shots were blocked, uh, seven off the stick of Evan Bouchard. Uh, so Vancouver was trying to cl- trying to clog the. Uh, the uh, uh, shooting lanes. Uh, but the fact is that they had to clog the shooting lanes because they didn't have the puck, and the orders did. And it was zinging around in their zone. And this is Corsi, but Corsi does give you a pretty good idea of who had the puck and what end of the ice. And that would have been Edmonton with the puck in Vancouver's end a lot. And Vancouver had just uh, 39 attempts, only 24 that were on goal. And they were the second team chasing all game long
0: there. I got the little signal now from you. I I need,
1: I need to get I need to get a new chair. When you're getting a new mic, my chair has it's losing its uh, oh, okay. its its big spring or whatever <laughs> it is. It, every once in a while, a whole chair drops an inch.
0: That's okay. You look like suddenly I'm like I'm talking to Samwise uh, Samwise. Uh, <laughs> it's not Bagans. What's his last name?
1: Ganges What is? Ganges. <laughs> Yeah, Bruce the Hobbit. <laughs>
0: Gandalf. All yeah. right. Bruce, my number is 44 and 17. 44 face-offs won for the Orders. It's just 17 for the Canucks. Wow. And, and again, I don't know when the Orders have had such a face-off percentage in a game. So here, here are the heroes of the night on the face-off. Draws. Um, Ryan McLeod, 12 wins, 3 losses. Wow. which is really encouraging for a young player at yep. any level. Uh, Colby Cave, 13 wins and four losses. And Brad Belone, who, again, is an absolute horse, two-way star at the AHL level, but just can't get it done at this level, really. But he did at the face-off circle, 11 and 3. So <clears throat> we'll see how that translates. I mean, the orders should be better at face-offs this year. They got Riley Sheehan, who's good, and they got Leon Dreisaitl, who's good. Um... Nugent Hopkins, who isn't good, right. and and well, and you know, Colby Cave may make this team. Bruce, like, mm-hmm. who who's it going to be? I guess uh, who's in the running now?
1: Haas for C Haas and, and uh, Cave uh, Cave Marodi uh,
0: Marodi. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. I guess if you go with Riley Sheehan, he's talked about having one kind of more skill line. I guess mm-hmm. it could be Cooper Marodi. I mean, I honestly see Cooper Maroney on the wing at the NHL level. But um,
1: well, he was six and five on the dot tonight, which made him a solid fourth on the Oilers behind those three. The ironic thing is that for all those good numbers, for Brandon Sutter, who was five wins, 15 losses, that the game was decided on a face-off between Brandon Sutter and Colby Cave, and it went the wrong way for the Oilers. For all they dominated the circle, they lost the game on one face-off.
0: You know who I was hoping to see tonight Bruce, was Louis Erickson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know how loved he is by Vancouver fans now. So uh, I was curious to see how he play, like if he would play and how he would play. Um, I'm sure we will see him. I don't know that Vancouver team.
1: Oh yeah, he'll play.
0: Oh yeah, of course he'll play.
1: He'll play in the road games in the exhibition season because he's so loved by the home fans. He certainly is that. <laughs> I got a bonus number for you. This is outside of our numbers. And it's just it just underscores the the questionable nature of the NHL hit statistic. And uh, tonight there was a total of 48 hits credited, versus last night versus Winnipeg 68. And last night's game was the no hitter. Like if there was two hits in the whole game that had any kind of impact, I don't remember either of them. You know, it really was a soft game, speed game, but. There was not any sort of animosity. Tonight, there was plenty. There was lots of banging hits. I mean, Josh Curry got hammered three times on one shift. And and uh, Vancouver was really throwing their weight around. A couple dirty hits, too. Uh, that Vincent Arsenault. I did not like the hit he put on Patrick uh, Russell. But uh, with five minutes left in a one goal game, the refs decided that they didn't want to do anything. But anyway, who cares? Exhibition game. Uh, other than... I'm glad Patrick Russell didn't get hurt. It was one of those kind of plays. Um, anyway, th- there was some there was some meanness. There were some scrums after the play and stuff. And yet, if you look just at the hit stat and you said, "Well, this is my this is my uh, barometer for physical play," you'd say, "Well, tonight's game was pretty tame compared to that aggressive game between the Orders and the Jets last night." And That would be completely ass backwards to what actually happened in those games. So the the stat, the way the recording hits, is not reflecting. Really, what's going on? If these two games are our guys, and, and you can—they so were
0: inflated examples. in Edmonton. I wonder if they're always inflated in Edmonton. I
1: wonder. If- uh, I remember one time, years and years ago, Edmonton was playing Dallas in one of their interminable play- playoff series. And Game Two was in Dallas, and Game Three was in Edmonton. I think it was. And both games were just vicious. The two teams were just pounding the shit out of each other. It was just you know Edmonton, Dallas. You know it was like, and in the one game I still remember the numbers. In the one game in Dallas, the hits were fifty to forty-nine, and the next game in Edmonton, they were twenty-five to twenty-four. And you know you couldn't tell two games apart in terms of <laughs> how heavy. I mean that was heavy hockey, mean, hard hockey, and yet the counts were half in one barn compared to the other. So what that means, I mean, you don't see uh, shots on goal where you get 80 shots recorded in one building and 40 in another, right? But you do with, with some of the other stats. So you can't really trust him as much as you wish you could. Uh-huh. Let's put it that way.
0: So long, heavy hockey. Yeah. You yeah. Well, it got
1: bring on the fast paced, quick, Puck movement, ticky-tacky hockey, man, I love it. This uh, is—I enjoyed this game a lot, and I don't usually say that about September hockey. Yeah, it was. It was. Say the players, sure, but the actual—the actual flow of play uh, was uh, was uh, fun, and I I found myself really rooting for the young kids playing in this game to to pull it out, and they can certainly be proud with their performance. It
0: looked brusset.
1: Do you yeah, see those little that. emojis? Yeah, I see that. You're crying now? Or is it... <laughs> so I can comment on what you're saying. Oh, okay. Oh, this is not good. <laughs> there you go. All right. Okay. It's the right, <laughs> right digit that's You can extended. comment on my thing, comments, too. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, okay. It
0: looks like. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for talking today, Bruce.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And in the meantime and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.